deposit action item three, 3.1 approval of the separation agreement with the superintendent. Is there a motion and a second? I move the board approve the separation agreement with the superintendent. Mr. Adams? Aye. Mr. Fisher? Aye. Mr. Davis? Aye. Mrs. Bree? Aye. Motion passes. All right, folks. Welcome back to the Colorado Switchblade. As always, I'm your host, Jason Van Tatenhove. So that was the ultimate decision of the Board of Education in Estes Park at last night's meeting. Now, there's a lot to unpack with this, and today I'm only going to give you what we got, what what we know, but we're also going to be looking at some things to watch out for as this board, this newly elected board, at least partially, moves forward. And um, later on next week, we're going to be talking about some of the history of of what I would call school board shenanigans, where um, we, we've seen it happen in Douglas County. We've seen it happen in Grand Junction. We've seen it in Teller County. We've seen it in Colorado Springs, District 11. There's a pattern at times. Now, I'm not saying what we're seeing here in Estes Park is a pattern, or part of that pattern, that larger pattern. But what I will say is, it might be. But only time's going to tell. We're going to have to keep watch. We're going to have to pay attention and see what happens with our school board. I'm actually going to have someone who's a bit of an expert on this come on the show next week to talk about historically what we've seen happen in Douglas County and these other counties across not only the state, but it, it, it's also happened across the country. Um, and again, I want to say, I'm not certain yet if what we're seeing here in Estes is, is just an organic happening or if there's something else at play. I've got some core releases out there. Um, did a core release yesterday. Request did another request this morning. We'll see what those requests turn up. But this is going to be an ongoing story. Um, we're going to update it. So let's just break down right now what happened. Not only yesterday, but the day before yesterday, leading up to this this board meeting. So we're going to take a time to do that and and really break it down um, and and talk about some of the issues there. So I'm not going to include the whole uh, meeting uh, because it pretty much ran exactly to uh, the agenda. Um, So the the board started, they had their usual, the board meeting, the special meeting started uh, yesterday at about 4.15 p.m. And... um, you know, they did their, their usual opening uh, with the Pledge of Allegiance and roll calls and agenda items. And then they went into special session. And that special session, was it, it's where they leave the room and they went and met with the district attorneys who, according to the district um, employee I talked to, is uh, Coulter Bump from Kaplan an earnest uh, law firm. So they went into that meeting and were there for approximately one hour. So again, I'm not going to include that like 
hour and a half of audio because it does pretty much go to it. I do have it. Um, there were some words said after the decision was made, but it seemed to be blowing smoke and just giving accolades. They said one thing, the action said the other. So I'll put that out separately at some point. Um, but I'm only going to include a link to where you can see it in its entirety from the district. I also had a chance to get a quick statement from Sheldon Rosencrantz, the former now, now former superintendent of the Estes Park School District. And his wife actually want, had a few things to say about um, the the effects that this whole thing has had on their family. His daughter was out there to support as well. Uh, I can say that it was, uh, it seemed to be a very emotional moment for the family. Um, there, there were definitely tears involved. I can tell you that um, you'll be able to hear it. When you talk, when you hear these interviews um, with, uh, with the Rosencrantzes, you'll be able to hear the emotion in their voices. I also, uh, you know, right after everything wrapped up, I went up and, and spoke with the um, president of the board of directors. Her name is Stacy Ferry. And um, honestly, there wasn't much revealed there. Um, but I think it is testament to uh, how things are moving forward with transparency and openness, which is yeah, Stacy just was elected. Uh, there were several board members who have newly been elected. Um, this was a unanimous vote and, um, here's, what's interesting. There was no public comment. Um, no one had a chance to really voice their opinion one way or the other. This was also put out, supposedly put out the night before, right at the, like up to the minute of the deadline that they legally need to post notice of a special meeting like this. And, I'm a parent. I have two daughters in the school district. I have a granddaughter. I'm also a journalist in town. I get, from what I used to believe, every email that the district puts out, I mean, it's like three or four a day. You get inundated with, have you bought your yearbook and just morning announcements and just message after message. I went through all of my emails. I could not find an email where this was stated. When I went out to look for it, because again, I had a source that contacted me the night before informing me of what was going on. They sent me a screenshot of the communication that supposedly went out. So I went out and tried to find it on the website. I couldn't locate it myself. Um, when I reached out to the district about that, um, the uh, administrative assistant sent me a copy of it, uh, the email, which is what I used in yesterday's article portion of the podcast. And... Um, but I've got to say, I, I didn't receive it. If I had not reached out to the district because someone told me about what was going on, I would have had no clue, no idea whatsoever that this meeting was going on. And that, I think, is a problem. I think it's a problem because I feel as parents and, and taxpayers in, within the school district that we should have that knowledge. And that for me was kind of the first red flag that there was nothing, no real notice given. And if it was given, it was limited because I've asked other parents. I've asked uh, people that were at the, that attended the meeting and, and other people I know in the community because, you know, I'm, I'm a parent. So I know other parents in the community and asked them, hey, did you get this email? Did you know anything about this? And I haven't had one person 
tell me that they did hear about it. And if you're one of those parents that did get it, please let me know. I'd like to know. But I'd encourage you other other parents in the community, like ask each other, did you get that email? Did you did you not get that email? Let's see how many people it actually went out to, if we can, just in kind of a, a non-scientific poll of just asking other people in the community to see if they got it. I didn't. I went through my emails. Um, when I tried to find it on the website, there were issues there. There was also issues with like, you know, the the uh, the meeting minutes and such for the past 60 days weren't there. They weren't posted. Um, when I tried to find other things that were, were, were supposed to be on the website, they were not found. So, um, and I don't know, that could just be a clerical error. It could be just that, that things got backed up, but legally they're supposed to be there. And with this type of situation, I think we need to have all our ducks in a row. So let's just look at, I'm going to read what the communication was now from the district um, that supposedly went out. And here, here's, here's how it read. This email will serve as notice of a EPSD, Estes Park School District Board of Education special meeting that will be held on Tuesday, April 19th. 2022 at 4.15 p.m. via Zoom. It was also in person, by the way. The Board of Education will be meeting in person at the administrative office located at 1605 Brody Avenue, Estes Park, Colorado, 80517. If you would like to attend the board meeting in person, please reach out to the board secretary, Heather Gooch, and it includes your email, so that arrangements can be made. Space is limited to work within our smaller conference room. We encourage the public to take advantage of the Zoom link to watch the live stream, or you can watch the meeting recorded approximately 24 to 48 hours after the meeting. And it gives a link for that. The agenda can be found here 24 hours prior to the meeting. And the Zoom meeting link information is at the top of each posted agenda. Additionally, the agendas and minutes can be found on our website um, at www.sschools.org, Board of Education. Meeting minutes are recorded, then approved at the following month's meeting. Example, September meeting minutes will be approved and posted to the website following October's regular meeting. The regular board meeting recordings are posted to your SS Park School District YouTube and on the website within 48 hours. You can subscribe to our channel as well. If you have, if you have any questions, don't hesitate to reach out. And then it included a Meet Your SS Park School Board, which had all of the candidates, including the, the newly elected ones, and their... Um, when their terms end, their email addresses. So it didn't mention anything about in the body of the email what it was about. Now there was um, the um, agenda that was put out. And unless you look down into the action items, you really it, you didn't know what it was about. So it was in the third bulleted item. Um, well, the second and third. The first was just call to order with the Pledge of Allegiance roll call, approval of changes to the agenda. And then the second part was executive session um, where they're going to proceed into executive session pursuant to CRS 24-6-4024B for the purposes of conferring with an attorney, with the attorney for the board to receive advice on specific legal questions concerning personal matters, including an evaluation of threatened personnel claims. The action items are 3.1, our approval of the separation agreement with the superintendent, and 3.2, the board may appoint the acting superintendent and delegate to the acting superintendent the duty to issue 
communication statement regarding the board's actions. And they did both of those. They approved both of them. So Sheldon Rosencrantz is no longer the um, superintendent of the Esses Park School District, R3. So, um, yeah, that's that's what was supposedly put out there again. And maybe I'm mistaken. Maybe I just didn't get it. But I'm not the only one who didn't get it. And I'm not I couldn't find it on the website. Um, and maybe I just didn't know where I was looking. I could have been mistaken there. But if you didn't know to go out and look at the website every day, how are you supposed to know? Um, especially when we have, you know, candidates that ran on a transparency and openness platform. Um, we're going to get into that more too. Um, as far as the tracer findings, um, there were some, my, I'll, I'll say it, I'll be at minor, um, campaign, uh, filing violations that, uh, there was some, uh, fines that had to be paid for. Um, so, uh, we'll, we'll let's just, next I'm going to go into what the statement was that was put out right after the um, board did this, took this action. And I can find it here. I'm going to read it to you. So this came out April 19th um, yesterday. And this was at 5.57 p.m. that it hit my inbox. It says, Dear Esses Park Community, and, and I want it noted, like I got that one. That one's in my email box. The one after the meeting came through. The one about the meeting, I never got. So I, I'm going to, to take a, a, a hypothesis here and say that um, I'm willing to bet that I'm not the only one that received this one, the, the April 19th special meeting communication statement but yet did not receive the notification email. So, you know, we're, we're going to have to see. We're going to have to talk to each other and see who got it and who didn't. And, um, you know, I did ask the, uh, I did ask Stacy if she would be able to provide me with any documentation about how that messaging got out. And that's included in the interview I did with her. We're going to get into those interviews, but I wanted to kind of lay out uh, what happened. So in this email, it states, Dear Estes Park Community, at a Board of Education special meeting on Tuesday, April 19th, 2022, the Board of Education voted to accept a mutual separation agreement with Mr. Rosencrantz, effective immediately. We are grateful to Mr. Rosencrantz for his leadership and dedication to the district over the past eight years. Often during challenging times, the Board also voted to appoint Ruby Bodie to the role of acting superintendent. Ms. Bodie has served the district for 15 years most recently as assistant superintendent. Please joining us, join us in welcoming Miss Bodie as acting superintendent and wishing Mr. Rosencrantz well in all future endeavors. So we do know that uh, Sheldon had uh, applied for um, a position um, as superintendent in another school district here in Colorado, and he didn't get the job. Um, but uh, and, and, and by the legal definition of what has happened here, this is a mutual agreement. However, we have no idea the surroundings, what, what, what surrounds that. And it sounds a lot like 
they were going to get rid of Sheldon one way or the other. And I say that based on the interviews with um, Sheldon, both on and off the record, and, and then also speaking with his wife. So let's jump into that first interview with Sheldon's wife and see what she has to say about the impacts on her family. And again, um, there is an NDA involved. There's a non-disclosure agreement. Sheldon cannot speak about the contract and the, the disillusion. So we don't know how much his severance package is. We don't know the, the, what led up to the school board deciding to take someone who by all accounts has had good to very good reviews in his performance reviews. Um, I have a copy of the most recent one and I'll go through that later on in the episode. Um, and, uh, you know, even me as a journalist, yes, I butted heads with Sheldon, you know, when I was working on the title nine investigation, I, um, you know, he, he, he did his job, but in the end, I think he made the right decisions and things with what he was able to do. And he lives here in Estes Park. We know how hard it is to find someone, you know, qualified educators because there's no place for them to live. So does that mean that Miss Bodie is just going to continue to be superintendent? Is she going to be more than just acting and become permanent? We don't know that. We don't know you know, how much money this severance package is going to be worth. Now, I'm hoping to get that information. I do have CORA or Colorado Open Records Act requests in um, around this situation. So we'll see. All right, let's just jump into, this is going to be uh, Sheldon Rosencrantz's wife talking right after um, Sheldon was let go, right after the close of the, the special meeting. Okay, so for my listeners, please tell us who you are. I'm Janie Rosencrantz. I'm Superintendent Sheldon Rosencrantz's wife. And, and tell us what your thoughts are on this situation. I just, this has been a really hard situation on our family. Um, I, my dad passed away last August, and I likened this to that. I mean, it's, it's been a really hard few weeks. I, I'm a teacher, and I can hardly do my job. Uh, I just think that I want to get it out there that this needs to stop and it's not okay um, for this to be happening to schools. And I, I think it's happened all over Colorado. Um, it's happened, happening all over the nation and I, I think it's wrong. And to be clear, what, what is it you say is happening? I feel like boards are coming in. I, f I feel like they're rogue boards and I feel like they're coming in and making decisions that affect people's lives um, for no reason. Thank you very much. Thank you. All right. As I said earlier, you can just hear the emotion in in her voice there. And I think that's that's one of the aspects of podcasting where there's an advantage over, say, print, because that emotion really communicates. Um, and obviously, she has some feelings um, that that go along the lines of some of my my suspicions in this. And again, we're going to talk more about that next week with uh, someone who's been following this um, really since the the early 2000s. And we've seen this happen in, in many different districts across the state. I'm not really qualified to speak on it, but he is. So 
we're going to listen to that um, next week, and that will help kind of break down some of the things you're hearing in these interviews. Next, we're going to go to, to Sheldon Rosencrantz himself, um, now former superintendent of Esses Park School District, and hear what he can say anyway, because he is bound by a NDA, non-disclosure agreement. So here's what he had to say right after being fired by the school district. Can I give a statement or anything? Um, well, I think uh, uh, you know my goal is to always do what's best for students of Estes Park. And, um, you know, students are bigger than all of us, and we got to keep that in mind. And hopefully, um, you know, they can decide their why as a community and and the purpose of why we're here and the direction they want to go and and uh, do what's what they think is best for our students and work together with the community to do so. So I hope them wish everybody the best. And this, to be clear, this is something that you wanted to do, or you, is this something that was pushed on you? It was a mutual agreement to do what we thought was best versus uh, a fight over time that we thought we could move on and, and make what's best for the district. So it was mutual. All right. Thank you, Sean. Uh -huh, thank you. Take care. Okay. The next interview you're going to hear is with Stacy Ferry, who is now the newly elected board president of the Estes Park School District Board of Education. And I approached her immediately after um, they closed the session and adjourned. So here is uh, the questions I have asked her and her responses. Can I get a statement kind of explaining what happened here and why we're doing this? Um, we just did a mutual separation agreement, just as we stated. Um, why was it done with so little notice and so little community input? Um, we actually followed all the guidance, um, and I can only speak for, for me, not for the board, but we actually followed all the requirements by law. I never received an email within 24 hours of... Um, there was actually one published on the uh, website. On the website, but yes. it didn't go out to the parents. Um, we follow normal procedures. That is not according so, to what I, as a parent, I get all the emails, and as a journalist, I get all the emails. I can tell you uh, there was no email that I received. If that's incorrect, I'd love to see the, the electronic trail showing that that was put out anywhere but the website. Um, and there was no calendar event. I didn't, you know, I had to ask to see where I could find it on the website. It just seems like there's some, like this was done in a way that wasn't very open and transparent, which is what you ran on. Uh, I'm sorry you feel that way. I We followed all the guidelines. Okay. Could you get me some documentation on Absolutely. Emails? And I'm going to give you my card. I have it. Oh, okay, great. So, yep, I can get you all the documentation. If you want to send me the an email with all the information you would like, that would be great. Okay. Um, I also did a core request today. I hope that gets done in a expedited format. That will be done according to law. Okay. Um, and then uh, is, there, is there any sort of documentation on the severance package, how that's moving forward? When will that be available for the public to see? Um, that we will consult our attorney. At this point, it has been agreed upon a, separate, a mutual separation agreement. When does that become public? When can we see that as And that will parents? not become um, public. It will not become public. Not. It's a mutual agreement. But if I'm going to end this because financial... I'm sorry. I got to get on to something else. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Okay. Well, obviously that was cut short. Um, I'm going to work to try to find out what that, that package was. Um, 
I, I feel as a parent in, in the school district and, and as a community member who pays my taxes that that information is very relevant, especially with elected officials and, and a school board that we know how much money has been spent to basically get rid of a superintendent that was doing a good enough job. Again, his uh, performance uh, reports, I'm going to go into those here in a second, um, were good. Uh, why there was this sudden change. As soon as the board got elected, suddenly there's a special meeting. There's no real notice, no real viable notice that really got the word out about it. There was no public comment, no public input. And they suddenly fire someone who has had, you know, good to very good reviews um, throughout his career and, and is living here in Estes during a housing crisis how are we going to get a new superintendent with the type of experience and um, you know commitment to move up here when there is no place to move? So I think these are very valid questions that we deserve answers to as a community. Before we get into the performance reviews, I'd like to also, I, I interviewed some parents and, and some of the people that were there in the room. Um, afterwards, these interviews were all done in the parking lot outside of the district building after the meeting. Um, and uh, hear what the some of the people there had to say. Now, it should be noted, school board meetings here in Estes generally are not that well attended. That's why they have it in the small conference room there at the district building. And last night's meeting had 28 people that I counted that were there that were not either part of the district administration or... Uh, Sheldon Rosencrantz. So the, the people not involved, there were 28 people. So here are those interviews that I did get uh, people who wanted to speak with me about their thoughts and feelings on the whole situation. Anybody like to tell us what's really going on? I'm just curious because I am a parent here. I also work in the school district and I just, I don't feel like no anybody has given us any information as to what truly is occurring. We all know that Sheldon was honest about applying for another job. I was under the impression that he did not get that job. And I don't understand why our school district is interested in him departing. I guess I would like to know the answer to that too. Okay, thank you for that honest answer. Would somebody who has such positive reviews and, and evaluations over years of being here, why would it be so positive for him to depart Estes. I'm sorry, I mean, I've been here eight years now with my students being here. He's the only one that stepped up to take care of the high school when we had people who, when we had a principal that left immediately. Sheldon's the only one that bothered to step up and take care of that. I don't understand. Well, I appreciate your support. I really do not understand. It actually is making me furious. I do not get it. I do not feel that this is mutual, and I feel like he's been forced to say that in order to be paid out. And I don't like that. That's not fair. That's and, not fair to our students either. And according to what they're saying, it doesn't look like they, they're going to want to release any financial information about Isn't that public record? Shouldn't that be released to the public since the public is who's paying him? Sorry, but this is starting to. From what I understand, statements have been coming out following the purchase from the lawyer. Took a long time for them to tell us that. And I'm really wondering if they followed 
state law with the way they put it out. I didn't receive emails. I know many I did not receive an email. Melinda said she got one this afternoon and she works for the school district. I couldn't find it on the website either. I, I couldn't find an order of this particular meeting on the website at all. It was not listed. They put it out as back in 2012. It's not a, listed though. No, it's I not know. listed. So anywhere. if it's not actually a public record, how is that out? That's a good question. It's not. <laughs> Yeah. But they provided us no information today. None. Even coming to the meeting, we're not allowed to say anything, and we were provided no information as to what the terms of the departure is. We have no information as all, it was just a mutual agreement according to everybody, but simply for, in order for him to be able to be paid, and I'm not okay with that. You can quote me. Didn't, Do you mind if I get a, well, I a, a comment from you? Sure, I'll comment. Could you tell me your name? And I'm Kent Smith. Okay. And uh, it's I'm been sorry, a lot of years since I was a superintendent of schools, but You're we had much the same kind of a thing happen in our district so where well, some board members and got elected who wanted to make huge changes in the district and forced out a lot of the teachers and staff because uh, they wanted us to return to some sort of conservative uh, curriculum. And what district were you a superintendent in? Is it local? Pawnee District, RE12. Well County. And uh, thank you very much. I appreciate yeah. it. So here you were able to kind of get a, a feel for um, some of the community's feelings on this that, that took the time to get out there and attend the board meeting, even though there was no public comment. So let's jump into, um, so I have the most recent, the 2020s, to 2021 superintendent annual evaluation summary and this is a four-page document i'm going to post this into the body of the article of this podcast um, and i'm just going to go through real quick and um i'm i'm just going to um talk about their different standards um and what the summary was for sheldon in each of these and you'll be able to read it for yourself um, I did screen captures of a PDF. Um, and, uh, so I will put that out there, um, in standard one, which is, is defined as the super it's, it's visionary leadership. Um, and the superintendent is an educational leader who integrates principles of cultural competency and equitable practice. Um, it goes on from there, but the summary is Hidden through a global pandemic and wildfires that caused evacuation of the entire community, Sheldon maintained the district's focus on supporting the whole child. The focus not only included the academic growth of students, as well as equity, but also the social-emotional supports necessary to ensure access to learning. The near-constant adjustment of plans, schedules, and protocols ensured needs were met for students, staff, parents, and the community while keeping safety at the top of the list. As we move into the next school year, the board is excited to see the community and parent engagement plan Sheldon will be creating this summer, having an intentionally intentional re-entry will be so critical for his role and ours. It gives all of us an opportunity to re-engage in more impactful ways. Sheldon is showing great leadership and alignment with his goals as he hires talent to support the needs of English language learners and Spanish speaking families. The district is continuing to offer high quality local professional development for staff focused on 
goes equity practices and increased academic achievement. For standard two, policy and governance, this, this summary reads as follows. Sheldon has continued to ensure a clear line of communication and partnership with the board. Sheldon is always informed of legislative mandates or changes, whether those are state or federal. Due to his leadership, the board feels always aware of potential changes related to legislation that would either impact the work of the board or the work of the schools. Sheldon has had to initiate a Title IX investigation this year in order to ensure fairness of process. And that's kind of one of those things, just as a side note, where, where me and Sheldon had, had butted heads before with my coverage of that Title IX investigation. Um, I believe we're actually going to possibly release that whole thing again since it's a one-year anniversary um, and, and things have changed so much. Um, we're looking at possibly releasing our findings on that Title IX investigation. Um, you know, there was illusions of lawsuit during that time, and I had to get legal protection, which I've secured uh, quite a bit of legal protection at this point. So I feel safe at putting that out, that it's not going to shut us down. Um, so uh, again, we'll continue. Sorry about that side note. Sheldon has had to initiate a Title IX investigation this year in order to ensure fairness of process. This has been done transparently with the board and the community as we await the results of the investigation. Eh, I don't know about that. Uh, there was some transparency, but not really. Sheldon has also continually kept the board informed on changing health guidelines and recommendations during the pandemic, as well as monitoring legislative pro progress throughout the year. He consults with legal counsel as needed and proceeds carefully in human resource matters. Standard three, communications and community relations. Many of these indicators were made more difficult by the pandemic-related restrictions this year. For example, limited in-person meetings with community members. So there is room for growth re-engagement with all stakeholders in the coming year. While the board would like to have engaged the community more frequently, when information was shared, it was always clear and on message. When Sheldon is communicating with stakeholders, he always remains calm, seeks to understand, and respond appropriately. This year has certainly brought many hot topics to Sheldon's doors, door as he has remained steadfast in his commitment to students. Certainly both board, the board and Sheldon have some clear plans to focus on community engagement next year, specifically with the equity work. Sheldon's leadership and abilities to engage the community will be key in moving this work forward in a way that represents our values and the beliefs of the community. Relationships with the neighboring districts and other professional contacts and organizations continue to be a strength. This year, the focus was rightly focused on dealing with the pandemic and wildfire-related crises. Emergency communications were good, but some of the other projects or decisions could have been communicated more effectively. For example, high school grading for equity. Moving forward, we would like to see effective two-way communication become a greater focus for district leadership. Wow. They said it, not me. Standard four, effective resource management. Sheldon's financial leadership in this area has ensured our community and the schools operate in the most fiscally sound manner. Knowing that we charge no fees to families as a district is incredible and a testament to Sheldon's sound financial planning. Certainly this year of all years has shown Sheldon's commitment to the safety and security of all students. Sheldon has had to lead teams in adapting COVID protocols and procedures, often on the same day they are released from health agencies. He's also faced challenges as the views of parents differed 
from that of health recommendations. I have seen and heard building leaders talk about the evaluation process and using data to inform decisions in many building updates and board meetings. These are clearly valued and communicated as a result of Sheldon's leadership and values. This year has also provided many opportunities to recruit new teachers to the Estes Valley as a result of vacancies. One area for us to think about in terms of hiring is our international recruitment of teachers of color. As we know, research shows students achieve and grow at higher rates if their teachers or principal look like them. How can we weave this recruitment focus into our equity work? How can we engage the community in these efforts? Personnel were effectively utilized to meet diverse student needs during the pandemic slash remote schooling. Focus was always on keeping students and staff safe and healthy while providing the best education possible. Strong hire for high school principal position and retention of asset superintendent Bodie. Standard five, human relations, staff, students, parents, and community. Sheldon has had many opportunities to respond to challenging communication from the parents and community, whether it be because of mass requirements changing or the grading for equity work. We've seen many critical questions come across his desk. Sheldon's responses to these inquiries is always respectful and honors a person's viewpoint, while sometimes providing opposing requirements. He responded well to diverse feedback from families, especially during decisions about whether slash when to return to in-person instruction timely, well-supported, polite. Sheldon has pushed his leadership team to develop assessments around the global outcomes. Sheldon has demonstrated focus on underserved populations with hiring of additional cultural liaisons and ELD staff. Updated grading practices and social emotional support for students and staff during an extremely stressful year. The board would like to see more systematic information sharing practices among a wider range of stakeholders Typically, it has been limited to the board, administrators, and a limited number of staff and community members. Yeah. Well, I will say that Sheldon has been polite and respectful in my interactions with him, um, just as a side note. All right. So that was the the summaries. It also goes and lists out uh, different goals. And you can read that in the document itself that I will have up on the website in the article of this podcast. So just scroll down, you'll be able to see it. So that is the performance review for Sheldon last year's. And um, the other reviews have been just about the same. So again, we have someone who has, uh, he's not perfect, you know, but he's here and he's committed and he's been doing a good job. You know, I do feel he has been fair and, this is most of the decisions he's had to make that I was aware of anyway. I felt he made pretty much the right decisions. So the question is to be begged, why, why so suddenly, right after being elected, is there this sudden change in the way things are moving forward? Why is it not being communicated to us as a community in a fair, open, and honest way? And, you know, meeting the, the, the bare minimum legal requirements, I don't count that as, um, you know, open and honest communication. I quote that as getting away with everything you possibly can without breaking the law or at least skirting the law. 
But that's that's something we'll have to decide and see. So the takeaway from all this really, I think, is that um, things are afoot in the school district. They may or may not be connected to um, other events happening across the state and throughout the nation. There are certainly people uh, very close to the situation who think that. Um, I'm not convinced one way or the other. But what I am convinced of is we need to be diligent. We need to be watching what happens next. Um, And some of those indicators are going to be, does the board move to hire its own attorney? Not the district attorney, but its own. And who they hire there, if they try to do that, who they hire will really tell us kind of what the game plan is. Um, And again, this is going to kind of be explained further next week with that interview. Um, That's all I've got for today. That's the update. That's what's happened. Those are the um, interviews that I got with it. I hope you found it enlightening. Um, I don't know if there would have been much attention paid to this whatsoever, other than, you know, the releases from the school district being put out in the paper verbatim. Um, But I think we as a community need to do a little bit more digging on this, and I'm certainly going to be doing a little bit more digging on this. So that's our episode for today. I'm Jason Van Tatenhove. You've been listening to the Colorado Switchblade. One final note. Um, if you do uh, if you do appreciate what you're getting here at the Colorado Switchblade, please think of supporting it through uh, a paying membership. I'm always going to put this stuff out for free. I'm very clear about that. But um, it really helps me to continue with this work. Some good news. Um, I've got my first sponsors. I may actually have all three sponsors, business sponsors here in the community that are uh, wanting to sponsor the program. And um, so I've got I've got two for sure, possibly the third. So again, if you are a community business owner and you appreciate the work I'm doing, you're treating your employees right, you know, you're committed and and plugged into the community um, and would like to have local advertising that reaches quite a few people these days. Yesterday's podcast had 2,100 downloads within 24-hour period. Over 3,000 people viewed the the accompanying article. And um, yeah, things are just taking off. So if you'd like to plug into to my readership and, and listenership, please reach out. It's jason at coloradoswitchblade.com. Later this week, we will be having the uh, the history of the skate park here in Estes Park, as told by one of the gentlemen that was actually a part of making that a reality. Um, this weekend's rant, I'm going to be talking about the Estes Park transparency problem. I'm going to be breaking down some things and kind of explaining how records work and release of records and what 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 some misperceptions are and what some things are we might want to look at changing as a community because in the end we kind of we kind of hold the reins because we vote in the people who are making these decisions and these policies and and hiring the people that are making these policies and i think we can do better i think we need to do better as a community you know histories we're now at a point in history where doing the right thing is really going to be the way to move forward that the way things have been for forever, really, 
uh, is not going to look good to history. We need to start shining a spotlight and just be open and honest and truthful about what's happening in our community, whether that be with town government, law enforcement, school boards, all of it. It's time we have some very serious, hard discussions about um, the release of information from our governing agencies and, and um, government and, and boards. So I'm going to be talking about that. All right, folks, hope you enjoyed uh, this coverage and I will talk with you soon. I'm Jason Van Tatenow. You've been listening to the Colorado Switchblade.